headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman is my co-host today, host of the Ken Coleman Show, and author of the number one best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose. Our phone number is 888-825-5225. Merry Christmas, America. We're glad you're with us. Zach is with us in Huntsville. Hi, Zach. What's up? Uh, not much. I'm uh, The blanket question is I'm trying to figure out if it's worth staying at a lease purchase trucking company as an employer or when I should decide to move on to something else. Um. Uh, details for why I I took this job to begin with. A a number of truckers suggested I do this because overall it does double my income in a normal market, even after all the payments and stuff like that. I'm allowed to walk away at any time, so I'm not obligated to like pay a large balloon payment at the end of the lease or in order to get away from it or anything like a car lease. I can walk away at any time. If they fire me, I don't owe anything on the truck, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and, so you're uh, an over you're you're a truck driver, and the deal with this employer is you lease your truck from them with no obligation to continue leasing it, and then they give you loads. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I I lease it uh, as a condition of working here. I got to lease the truck. Uh, I don't have uh, trying to get to this without stuttering. Um, to work here, I lease the truck. Yeah, I got At that. At the end of the lease, I can pay for it, pay it off, or I can save up money. I can come in with my own truck as long as it meets their specifications and my own trailer paid off, and I can still work for them. Mm-hmm. That's the goal I was aiming for because in a normal market, it does actually pay double what I normally make as a company driver, and I had that for the first few paychecks, but the freight market is just tanking right now. It's hard to find anything that pays more than... 250 a mile in the networks that we operate under and from other truck drivers i hear it's pretty well that way across the board so i've not been able to make that not by the fault of the company but the market's just tanked so when you lease the truck you're paying a lease payment are you also responsible for insurance and maintenance and fuel um i uh insurance and stuff yes the fuel they got two programs they Got an 80-20 program where I'm in charge of fuel and tolls if I'm on that, or they got a 50-50 program where they will pay for the fuel and the tolls, and then I just got the truck payment, trailer payment, and the uh, 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 insurance and just a couple other uh, small charges that really, uh, which technically those last few, they don't go away even if I own my truck. Well, Zach, right. Zach here's right. the deal. Twice in this phone call, you've mentioned in a normal market, then you explained what's actually happening with the market. The market's changed, and I think you have to change. And the good news is it doesn't sound like there's a penalty for you to change. The the hang-up I have is I've had this goal for a long time, I'm, and it, it changed on me so quickly, I'm not sure what you had what next. You had what goal? The goal to be an owner-operator. Yeah, to own the truck and be under my own authority so I have more leverage. Because like, like if I work at a company, typically it's two to three weeks out and then you get a day off of for home time for every day that you're out yeah 
Okay, well, uh, is, this a, some, oh, is this a storm that you need to weather, and can you weather it, or is this a function of the mountaintop is still the same, it's still the same goal, but i got to climb the mountain a different way. Weather patterns come in, and i got to change course. It's either A or B. What's the situation? I'm thinking that it's a storm to, that I might have to weather. I'm Okay, what are you ma- what are you making after of- all your payments uh, coming out of your pocket? What are you walking away with net right now? I've uh, net I've been making a thousand to fifteen hundred a week. Well, you can make that drive. You can make more than that driving for somebody that else. That's a fact. You can make that driving a local route for a larger company. Fifty grand a year. Yeah, roughly. And, yeah. and uh, that's the reason I mentioned the normal market. I have testimony from drivers that work for this exact same company. Before the market started going down, they were netting 3000 uh, A few of them were netting 5000 a week after everything was said and done. Right, but it's changed. So you have to sit back and say, is this company, this particular situation, the only way for me to get to my ultimate goal? And the answer is it's not the only way. So a uh, question, um, how old are you? Uh, 29. And you married kids? Uh, unfortunately, divorced and no kids. Okay. All right. So what would I do if I woke up in your shoes based on the information you've given me, if I understand the situation and I may not. Okay. Um, but I've worked with, uh, people driving truck for years doing what I do and we're on Sirius XM. So a thousand years ago, we started having a huge trucker following to this show. So I learned a little bit about the business just cause I've been around the people doing it doing the hard work that you're doing um so anyway what i would do is i would go to work for someone on a a regular employment position right now and i'd work like a crazy person live on nothing and pile up cash like crazy if the market turns you can come back to this model three years from now if if you can make three times as much three years from now but today you're not making even what you can make for somebody else and there's and if you can jump out you can jump back in so jump out go get a job making and and go you know go do three weeks and and just pile up money man and towards buying a truck and then get you a good used truck and if it doesn't meet their specs well who gives a crap all you got to do is get the stuff there and you go book your own loads get a broker and book your own loads and um, so I know lots of guys that have saved up their first twenty twenty five thousand bucks, get their tractor, and they pull other people's trailers, and then they finally get them a trailer, and then they move up from a twenty five thousand dollar, thirty thousand dollar tractor up into a, you know, like an eighty, and and then because you can, as you know, you can spend a freaking half million dollars. And there's no ROI on that at all, except think thinking you're pretty at a stoplight. It's as dumb as driving a car that does that. Uh, so you don't want to do that. You want to do the truck that gets the job done. And doesn't leave you broken on the side of the road and isn't eating fuel like a so yeah i'm 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 gonna save up money get my first truck that's what i'm gonna do and what's the fastest way to do that right now it's working for somebody else that's right so zach what we're saying is we're not changing the dream we're changing the course to get to the dream yeah that's all we're just and, gonna and change and course. if you can triple your income three years from now by coming back to this model jump back and you're not quite got your money saved up to buy a truck Fantastic. then do it yeah. but the idea that that you have to provide a truck that meets their specs later on uh that sounds like mm, maybe you need to have a wider net 
for the truck that you're driving than this one company who's going to dictate what you drive. (laughs) I don't think I'm playing that game. You should decide what you're going to drive based on what makes good business sense and what you can pay cash for. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Uh, it is Christmas time, and with the new year coming out, we've got the new Increase Your Income Bundle. Ken? Yeah, this is fun, Dave. So what if you could get paid to do work that you're really good at and that you enjoy? And uh, this bundle is going to include my new book, the number one bestseller, From Paycheck to Purpose, our very popular Get Clear Career Assessment, and then the Get Hired Digital Course, including the resume templates, and you get all of this for only $49.99. That's 50% off. I didn't approve that, Dave. I didn't approve that steep of a discount. That's ridiculous. That's an unbelievable discount. Um, And uh, speaking of increasing your income, the Ramsey Christmas Cash Giveaway ends soon, so make sure you folks go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day to increase your chances to win the $5,000 grand prize. Dave is like the real-life Santa Claus. Every oh, oh, oh. year we give away a lot of money. Uh, by the way, no purchase necessary, and you do have to be 18 or older to win. That's RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway, so head to RamseySolutions.com. There's all kinds of goodies there. Oh, all kinds of bargains. Jeff is with us. Jeff's in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for taking my call, Dave. Sure. What's up? I, I, over the last five years, I took a, um, I lost my job and took a pay cut of about $50,000. Um, I've since in the last year, I brought my income back to where I was before this happened. But over the last five years, I've also had a fail, failing business and I built up quite a bit of credit card debt, um, $110,000. My wife and I, we make about $115,000 a year, but we have $110,000 in credit card debt between the business and ourselves, and we're strapped. I, and we're contemplating bankruptcy, looking at all of our options, we're doing what we can do with your um, every dollar plan on the budget, things like that, but we've quite frankly, just started that. Mm, and I'm just looking for some old advice. Uh, 52 years old. What kind of business was it? It's been a rough, it was a house flipping business. You got any of them left? Just, I'm in the middle of one right now, but it's, I mean, it's out of all the houses we've done, this has been the worst house and it's eating us alive. 
You'll make a profit on it's it when you flip one. it? Uh, maybe a little. I mean, I'm what do you owe on it? Five ten. We owe about one hundred and fifteen, and it's probably worth one forty to one fifty. Yeah, when's it going? Um, when's it going on the market? Hopefully, in the next week or so. Good. What do you owe on your home? I owe three hundred thousand dollars. It's worth five hundred thousand dollars. We built it about eighteen years ago and have a lot of sweat equity in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, of the one hundred and fifteen thousand income, you told us is that your wife? I'm assuming, or do you have an? Or is this? Oh, you said he got a new good job. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, I've got a. My job is is really good. Um, pays well. My wife works and does does well also okay. um, for this area. Um, so over I, overall, I, I, flipping I, I houses, hope. you have lost when the, all the smoke cleared one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Between that and then my job, my salary. I mean, we were living on credit cards for a while. Okay. All right. So, but the bottom line was you, the overall business model of flipping houses, you lost money on it. And mainly that's been the last two years since COVID. Okay. And this, this house has really been a disaster. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. And how old did you say you were again? 52, you said. Yeah. Okay. 52. Yeah. Um, the good news is you're not bankrupt. The bad news is, um, you're you're scared and you're beat up absolutely and when we're scared and when we're beat up uh we tend to make uh we have more of a tendency to make bad decisions because we're kind of in a fog you're in the forest can't see the trees kind of thing been there myself i know how it feels it's it's hard to think clear because everything's just overwhelming you this idea of just surviving does that sound familiar absolutely yeah okay so this is going to um hurt your feelings and hurt your wife's feelings even more but uh, you can pay the credit card debt you just gotta sell your house i understand that and here's the bad news i don't know the rule in missouri but in every state except texas and florida you can't keep this much equity in bankruptcy because what happens is yeah. they, they have a, a homestead exemption when you file Chapter 7 bankruptcy. There's a homestead exemption, which is the amount of the, your equity that you get to keep. And anything above that that's substantial, they're going to force the sale of the house to pay your creditors. So Correct. you might as well pay them. So uh, are you behind on the credit cards? No, we are current. We've called them and got reduced monthly payments, and Good. we've canceled all the credit cards. Good. Um, so, so what I would do, having been through what you're going through, except with zeros on the end, and I was 28, I wasn't 52, but I still remember being so freaking scared I couldn't breathe. What I would do if I were you is I would fight like a wild man to not have to sell my house. Let's, yeah. pre- let's pretend you pay a bunch of credit cards late over the next three years, and it messes up your credit, but you become debt-free except the house. I would do that. Okay. And by the way, $115,000 income, 30000 a year you can do for three years, 40000 a year for three years, you can do it on $115,000 income. You got no life, but you get to keep your house. 
yeah. no life during that three years yeah. and you're probably going to be working extra doing something else well that's the, and you're going to be uh-huh. selling everything you can get your hands on including this junky butt house you're getting ready to get rid of jeff how much time ballpark are you spending per week on this house that it's you're almost to gone yeah on on the house how the many house? how many hours beyond your work are you spending on this flip house probably 25 hours a week yeah. all right so today's point Harold, i'm trying to give you some hope I, I agree with dave i i get rid of that house quickly as possible and now we're done with that and now that 25 hours i've been spending on that sinkhole i'm going to spend the 25 hours because you're a pretty handy guy you could pick up some really nice paying work with your skills true or false um yes the answer is true inside hustles i know my point is Uh, listen you either do that or you sell your house yeah and i'd keep the house yeah work the extra 25 hours and pay i'd hustle my way through this and pay 40 or fifty thousand dollars a year on this debt and be done with it in two two and a half years that's my plan okay all right that that's what i how i'd get after that and and so the good so here's the thing we just said there's two possible paths that's not bankrupt. And by the way, bankrupt won't work. You're going to lose your house in bankruptcy. Yeah. They're going to take it and pay your creditors because you don't. You have so much equity. Unless I'm wrong, I don't know. Again, off the top of my head, you could ask what home Google. You can do it as soon as you get off. I, I could do it live if I had, had knew how to run Google. But that's okay. Google <laughs> Google what the home, homestead exemption for Missouri is. But I'm betting you that it's you know probably 10 20 30 grand something like that and you got three you got it's, 200 grand it's it's 15 and i would i would have to go chapter 13 is yeah. how I'd, yeah I mean, well you're not chapter chapter 13 is you, do, you chapter 13 is a payment plan and you pay the creditors yeah. i know and so we'll just pay them you got this jeff even if you pay them late chapter 13 destroys your credit paying them late destroys your credit whoopee destroy your credit who gives a crap we're talking about bankruptcy here talking about you keeping your house we're talking about you turning the corner on this chap putting this chapter of your life that sucks in the rearview mirror so me the path i'm taking i'm gonna work like a maniac for the next three years i'm gonna get rid of this stupid house in the next 30 days even if i break even on it so i can get my life back and then i'm gonna tear into these credit cards working the debt snowball smallest to largest and you're not bankrupt you just got a sucky two and a half years coming up to put this crap in your rearview mirror. Ed, you can do it. Hang on. We're going to sign you up for Financial Peace University. We're going to pay for it. And Jeff, been where you are, man. I know how it feels to be scared. I can hear it in your voice. You call me anytime. We'll help you. We'll encourage you. We'll yell at you. We'll cheer for you. Whatever it takes to keep you moving, man. This is The Ramsey Show. America. Kent Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Jordan is in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Um, I owe $11,000 on a car that doesn't run, and I can't afford to fix it, and I really don't know what to do. Ouch. 
Why can't you afford to fix it? Um, I just don't have the money. All right, follow-up question. Why don't you have any money? <laughs> well, I am working. Um, it's just a car that I got back in high school, and my parents were getting me the car, but um, I'm having to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And um, How I much would it cost to fix? $10,000. Who said? Um, we've got lots of estimates around my area, and it's been to multiple body shops. Um, really oh, so you got you got in a wreck and didn't have insurance? No. Um, basically, they've told me the make and model of my car is is not working anymore. Like they put a bad piston in it, and well, that, you don't go to a body shop for engines. that. That would be a mechanic, well, I, I not a body shop. You all kinds of mechanics and people. Okay. So, uh, what do you get? What do you make a year? Um, monthly about fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred. What do you do? I'm an interior designer and a chef at a uh, fine dining restaurant. No, you're a sous chef. Yes, sous chef. Yes. Yeah, chefs don't make eighteen hundred. Okay. Um, at fine dining anyway. Um, so what are you, 23? 22. I'm sorry? 22. 22. Okay. Good guess, Dave. Like you've done this before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you have a roommate or you live at home? Um, I live at home. So you don't have overhead and you bring in. No, I don't. You bring in eighteen hundred a month. Where does that money go? Um, I've been paying off my car with it, um, saving it. I have about uh, four thousand five hundred saved up. I'm. I just recently signed up for Financial Peace University, and um, I'm on baby step two. Good for you. But I still owe eleven thousand. I got. Yeah, and that's is that your only debt? Is your car? Um, I have $1,000 in medical bills. Okay, good, good. Okay. And you're working a lot. Yes. (laughs) And not making any money. No. The life of a chef, a sous chef. Okay. Um, Yeah, an an assistant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you putting in more than 40 hours? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure because how are you getting to work? I think, um, I'm borrowing my mom's car right now because her and my stepdad work at the same job. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like you've got a wonderful support system. You've got a place to live while you fight your way through Mm -hmm. this and you've just got a, a, a horrible car situation. You're being very smart. You're taking a class on how to handle money. Very smart. Uh, you saved up $4,500. Very smart. Uh, so mm-hmm. the weak spot in your story, me looking in from the outside, is your income. Mm-hmm. You don't make any money. Yeah. So um, your is your dream to be a fine dining chef? 
No, I went to school for interior design, and when I got out of school, I um, instantly went into um, a design company where I am now the designer's assistant. But um, and that's your day job. Cannot pay me. Yes. And what and do then, you make? What um, do you make at that? Fifteen an hour. This it's the same amount, but that is um, under the table because. I'm just her assistant. Like she works by herself. Okay. So two different areas of your life. We've got to work on your long-term play is you need a path for interior design. That's not $15 yes, I, um, part-time under the table. I just, um, I did get my degree in interior design. Okay, great. So you, so you're completely underpaid and underemployed there. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, your other job is an underpaid job as well, just by the nature of what it is. Uh, and so, uh, what we've got to do is we've got to get your day job cooking better, better, much better interior mm-hmm. design day job and a much better night job. And sous chef's not it because you need three, $4,000 a month coming in and you can solve this problem real quick. Yeah. But you're, you're starving to death. Yeah. So let's let's work on the two sides of your career the, go get a much better part-time job than sous chef sous chef's not your dream anyway it's hard freaking work it's hot back there yeah i mean it, it, it that's some of the hardest thankless jobs the chef gets all the credit and you do all the work uh mm-hmm. most sous chefs are chef wannabes and they're, it's their dream to be a big time chef you don't even want to do that and you're you say and so with that in mind that job sucks well, completely I, passion for it. it's I know but you need to you need to go do something where you make some money kiddo that's right and now raise your sights in the interior design side of things you've got a degree you've got some experience you're very creative as a sous chef all that creativity is what you love but Dave's right. You've got to say, I, if I've got to go work for a construction company and 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 stage rooms, I'm going to do that for a season. Well, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good money doing that. That's right. Why? Because we want to get out of this financial hole. The good news is you're off and running on the baby steps. So glad you're doing that. But we're going to make the move right now to get stable in the now. And you're not in any way uh, forfeiting your dream uh, of interior design. So that's the key. Uh, you can always get back to that, but right now we've got to get more money coming in. That's going to change everything for you. Yeah. I want you to go pick up three jobs, a new interior design job that's a thousand times better than the one you got, and two part-time jobs that pay big money. And I want you to work all the time and get you three, four, five thousand $5,000 a month coming in. And all of a sudden, this car issue will evaporate. And, um, uh, by the way, I'm not buying that you owe $11,000 on a car that needs $10,000 worth of repairs. I don't either. I, I'm just an old redneck that turns wrenches. And so don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And, uh, so I, I think, I think there's something else to do here. You may want to junk the car and uh, get what you can get for it with a little bit of work, but you probably get three or $4,000 for anything that's running. And, uh, and then just talk to the bank about you paying the difference and then work your way through that and go get you a junker car, a two or three, four thousand dollar car that you pay cash for, then start working your debts off. But you've got to work twice as much as you're working at much better jobs. That's the solution to your situation. And I, I need to hear more of a roar in your voice. You, you sound really, 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 
uh, like you're 16. I want you to go, ah, get after it, kiddo. You've got some skills. And all this stuff keeps happening to you. And I want you to rise up and go happen to this stuff. You got some. You got some stuff. You can go do this. I agree. You know what? Here's a practical example of that that Dave's giving you here. Listen, get your dad or your uncle or friends that knows some good old boy that's been working on cars for longer than you've been alive times three, and have him look at it. Let's really dive into this thing. That's taking some action. Yeah, you got to happen to these things. You've kind of accepted one job, accepted another. No, you need to go get some stuff, and and that's going to put you in this situation. You need income. Is what you need bad and you need a better solution on the car than ten thousand dollars to fix it you know get it get it limping get it sold get out from under it move on to the next thing get your three thousand dollar car to drive this is the ramsey show Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life, your money, your job. A lot of job questions today. Blinds.com is our question of the day. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Even if you mismeasure, you pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. Today's question comes from Jeff in Michigan. I work at my dream engineering job, and I'm an expert in my field. I enjoy being on the manufacturing side of things because I'm closer to the product, which gives me a deeper grasp into the industry. This company loves to promote from within, so within the next couple of years, it is more than likely they will send me to the corporate, uh, excuse me, to corporate to learn from them. This scares me. Most of that staff doesn't even know what our products look like. They're more about data analytics. Is it a bad move to decline a great promotion? I make $80,000 with potential to make $100,000, but the new job would put me in the $120,000 range. Well, Jeff, I think that you need to just walk forward and listen. You're not having to decide right now. This question is honestly too early. Uh, you're overthinking it. Uh, I think he's an engineer. Insight. Of course, he's overthinking <laughs> oh, it. I should have seen that, Dave. <laughs> um, you know, and this is a, this is a case where you've probably heard some things. You may have seen some things, uh, but it's still okay to if within a couple of years they send you up the line and they begin to talk to you. Ask good questions. What are those things that you are concerned about? Can we gain uh, knowledge uh, to verify or clarify? You know that okay, what I thought was true not a good fit for me. Or, you know what? I got some clarity on it, and what I was thinking was not true. So this is or keep walking forward. B, uh, C, rather, um, you reconfigure the way they do things because almost everyone listening thought, oh, it's a good idea for corporate to have a freaking clue about the real product and the real manufacturing That's floor. exactly right. Yeah. And so maybe we reconfigure where – the engineers at the cor- at corporate don't stay in the ivory tower so dadgum much. Yeah. 
And maybe you're the guy that opens that door and says, hey, guess what I learned when I was down here? We think you people are bozos. Don't say it that way. That's right. But you could learn something by getting on the floor. And uh, so if I take the job, one of the ways I'm going to take the job is I want to be on the floor uh, at least a day a week, at least Mm -hmm. uh, three days a month, because I don't want to lose touch with the product. That concerns me. And I think I'll be a better engineer at corporate if I can maintain my connection with being with being on the floor. That's right. Which, by the way, I think every bit of that's right. I completely agree with that supposition oh, sure. yeah. uh, from a business transaction standpoint. And so what you're saying is I don't want to be siloed. I don't want to be stuck in the ivory tower and lose touch with the real job yeah. we're trying to do. Yeah. And that's brilliant. And I think you could bring that to the discussion, but it's too early to worry about it. Nobody even offered yeah. you the job. Yeah, the old phrase is cross that bridge when we get to it, and I think that Dave is making a great uh, suggestion here on being a part of the solution. Here's what I would say very quick on fear, because this I want to apply this to everybody right now who's got kind of a fear-based decision that they're walking through. You just have to ask the question, is fear protecting me? If I get too close to the edge of a cliff and I look over and I get scared, now fear's going, hey, dude, be careful. Yeah, get out, of the, get out of the interstate. A truck's uh, coming. Right. But it, it, fear could be holding me back. And so let's just own the fear specifically. Write it out. Sit down with it. Is there evidence to prove that the fear is protecting me or is the fear lying to me and holding me back? It's a great little process to walk through no matter what you're afraid of. So yeah. good so question. Here's the thing. Dr. Deloney teaches this, that when you sense fear yeah. about something, trepidation, worry right. about something, anxiety about something facts are your friends that's correct facts what is the real fact the fact is nobody's offered you a job yet that's a fact the fact is you've only heard one side of this equation ken said go investigate find out what it's really like not what the rumor mill says Mm -hmm. because corporate rumor mills are the most inaccurate thing out there so what are the facts the fact is an 18 winter is coming at me move (laughs) you know the fact is stove's hot don't touch it what are the facts not the feelings Mm -hmm. and we've spent way too much time in the last two decades in america talking about our feelings we ought to deal with some facts and then let your feelings decide from there how you feel about the facts Mm -hmm. but let's let's start with facts because that changes everything that leads me to something i want to talk to you about You've got your finger on the pulse of this whole freaking job market that yeah. is the weirdest job market I have ever seen yeah. in 50 years. Oh, yeah. I've been working 50 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, started cutting grass when I was 12. I'm 62. Okay. So, but I mean, I've been in the workplace 40 years, right? And, and, and I've owned a business a lot of that time of one kind or another. And I've never seen a job market. This is the weirdest dadgum job market. On the one hand, we've got these immoral corporate dupers laying people off just to run their profits up or because they're scared of what might happen next year mm-hmm. and anticipation of that they do ten thousand people put them on the street right there's that there's people leaving their jobs to go take higher pay or work from home only to find out that they're the first ones laid off or that they've entered into a toxic culture of some kind or another that's a dadgum mess and so for 10000 or twenty or thirty or $40,000 more a year, that they 
you know, they, they went and took a job and now they regret it. So there's the great resignation followed by the great regret. You got those people, you got the other people being laid off. And at the same time, we've still got a labor shortage. Yes. It's the most convoluted, screwed up thing I've ever seen. Well, you got a fact that you saw the pandemic create 4 million new jobs. Okay. And then when the pandemic was over, 4 million people that had left or maybe were laid off or retired during that time didn't come back. So that's created disparity. Plus, you've got 7 million men that are between the age of 25 and 55 who are able to work and are choosing not to work. They are living off of someone, whether that be government benefits and, and one and piece of research that we were talking about the other day said they spend 2,000 hours a year on a screen which means they're getting like call of duty and they that's don't know right. what duty is. That's right. They're, they're medicating themselves with the dopamine from screens and entertainment in all of its various forms. And instead of getting out there and getting the contribution and the dopamine that comes from, Hey, I did something that mattered today. So, so that have, is so we also have a work ethic crisis. We have a shortage, shortage of, of labor. That's right. We have a values crisis with corporate America dumping people on the street uh, we have people jumping ship from the, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. That's right. They leave what they thought was a bad job to get a much better pay, but at a horrible place who treats them like crap. Yep. So I can work from home right. part time and get paid for full time because everybody that works from home does not work eight hours. Let me just tell you. Okay. You sit on your butt. We know what you're doing and, or you're working two of these full-time jobs, which is straight up unethical. That's professional polygamy, Dave. I coined that term the other day professional police working two full-time jobs and calling it work from home yeah it's it you're cheating on w- both of them <laughs> professional polygamy. you got quiet quitting i decided to come up with my own term but it's a real thing you're lying to both companies it's uh it's career infidelity that's yeah. it, it oh is. my god i know i know okay <laughs> no but, but so here's what's interesting and, and, and I want to give an economic and a money play on this. All of that that we just so laid out. So in the middle of that, a person that will work hard and has character, in the middle of all that discombobulation, there's opportunity big time. Oh, sure. Of course there is. Well, but see, now here's what's interesting. But you got to be careful not to just take the paycheck opportunity. It's and not then, just a paycheck. I'm saying no. you could go find a great company at above average pay. Oh, yeah. And move up. And and have a great career opportunity without yes. without working for some bunch of doobers. That's right. And, um, and, but people don't make the decision exclusively on the pay change. No, no. You've got a, to look at the quality of the leadership team, the situation. Yeah. So and it's the right role. Because the data is telling us if you're working from home or if you're the last one hired, you're going to be the first ones laid off. That's absolutely two true. That is database. So you are vulnerable if you took a job doing that for yeah. more. So you left a, a regular job in the office. 40 hours making and you make $35,000 a year more than you used to make but you're working from home uh, you may be your head's the first one on the block and here's another factor remote workers may be the first to go as they ship jobs overseas they could pay you from home they could pay somebody from another country from home that's a new piece of trend coming professional your polygamy yeah that's hard. say that three times you're a Baptist preacher <laughs> oh my gosh I'll take an offering watch out there we go This is The Ramsey Show. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.
Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.